Hi, this is Liza Casabona, Managing Editor of Retail Dive. What you read on our site is only part of the story. Our reporters and editors are constantly researching, reading, and talking about the retail industry. And we, like most of you, are currently consumed by the seismic changes retailers face. We are also, like many of you, working through disruptions to our usual way of doing business. The Retail Dive team is working from home in multiple states to bring you our analysis of the forces reshaping retail. Here's what we can't stop discussing and debating. Here's where we talk about the news outside of our reporting. Welcome to the back room. Hey everyone, welcome back and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Back Room. I'm Ben Unglesby, a reporter with Retail Dive. And I'm Daphne Howland, also a reporter with Retail Dive. Hey everybody and hey Ben. <laughs> Hey, Daphne. We're going to talk about the slew of very high-profile bankruptcies that we've seen. Some of the first bankruptcies that we've seen since the pandemic started, and all three have cited the pandemic. J. Crew, Neiman Marcus, and JCPenney, and all huge retail brands. And maybe we can start with J. Crew. And I mean, you've probably been writing about the company since you've been writing for us in my Am I correct? Yeah, and it's true. And I have to say that probably since I've been writing for Retail Dive, there's been a little bit of a bankruptcy watch when it comes to J. Crew. But of course, a lot of us have been familiar with J. Crew for, you know, way longer than I've been writing for Retail Dive. And that's because they were such a force in American casual fashion. They kind of took a weird turn in the Mickey Drexler, Jenna Lyons era, where they got sort of big city, funky, quirky fashion. And it was sort of at once like a hot fashion moment or style moment. And also right at the time that they started losing some loyal kinds of customers. And then there was a lot of buzz about how their quality was going down. And meanwhile, they had all these sometimes complicated financial problems that just were not helping. Yeah, well, you mentioned there's always kind of been a bankruptcy watch around J. Crew since you've been here. Since I started, so I started at Retail Dive in the summer of 2017. I think a couple months after I started, we put together our first actual published bankruptcy watch list for the retail industry. And we've done several since then, two or three a year. And J.Crew has been on every single one of them <laughs> since, I, since I started. I mean, they have been in financial distress for a long time. And I mean, it really goes back to their private equity buyout, as it does with a lot of these companies. You know, they're a leveraged buyout. They had a lot of debt on their books. I mean, they've done some work to address it. You know, they I think they had a deal with their lenders back in 2017, but it just kind of kicked the can down the road. Well, and that debt had other consequences. I think it got in the way of some of the merchandising fixes that they needed. But also, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't think you were at Retail Dive yet, but Uniqlo, when they were in their big expansion mode, looked into buying J. Crew, but really? too much debt. Yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were discouraged by the debt. J. Crew's level of debt really got in the way of a lot of steps that they woulda, coulda, shoulda taken from 
maybe addressing some of the quality issues that a lot of super loyal customers, you know, there was a, there used to be a J Crew customer that would keep their clothes for years. It was like classic stuff. You know, if buttons are popping off or sweaters are pilling or whatever, the style, the quirky style that Jenna Lyons might have, might have been inspiring to a lot of people, wasn't matching up with the sort of value that people saw. And J. Crew asks a lot of money for their clothes. I mean, less now because of the 60% off sales. The innovation I always heard about J. Crew is that it was taking a $1,000 cashmere sweater that you might find at department store in the old days and selling it for closer to $300 or $400. So it's not like it was a good deal for that luxury item, but it was still relatively high-priced clothing. What you said about their debt potentially getting in the way of their their merchandising and, and their quality, I mean, I think that's probably the theme through all three of these bankruptcies. When you look at J. Crew. Neiman and JCPenney, it, it, it's the one thing that they all have in common because they're all very different retailers in, in the apparel world. They have different audiences and different merchandising and whatever, but they all are heavily leveraged. They all have a bunch of debt on their books. And Neiman Marcus is a, I mean, it went through two leveraged buyouts. And so, I mean, proportional to, to their respective sizes, they're all heavily indebted. And that's, I mean, that's the case with every single one is, I mean, there's so little room for error in retail right now. I mean, it's, it's competitive from price point of view. It's competitive on marketing. It's competitive on everything. And if you have huge interest obligations, that's money that you right. can't invest in your business. I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple. Neiman Marcus, they, unlike, you know, Penny had a really strong digital operation. Um, I think they're probably more modernized, but even then, I mean, that's, you know, it hampers your ability to innovate, to test new things, to play around and experiment and move the business forward. And that that's something every retailer needs to be doing right now. Well, and especially department stores, this is a hundred plus year old retail concept. And it, the writing's been on the wall that some kind of innovation needs to happen to sort of get it out of probably like, so it's like a 19th century retail concept that had this big heyday in the mid 20th century. And now all these department stores are stuck in a bunch of malls, um, way too many of them. I mean, even players that don't have the kind of debt that say Neiman Marcus had are really struggling. Nordstrom said the other day they're going to close 16 stores for good. Macy's runs 775 stores, is planning on closing 125 over the next three years. But, you know, some analysts think that they need to get down to like 200. That's a lot of an adjustment to make. Yeah. With everything else happening in retail, the COVID-19 crisis is, is kind of accelerating trends that were already happening. I mean, the trouble-set department stores are, are exacerbated and accelerated by this. Retailers with a lot of debt and that were already in distress are going to hit bankruptcy 
sooner than they may have otherwise. But the whole shakeout that's been going on for the last three or four years is just happening even more accelerated time frame. Which is pretty much what Green Street Advisors said last week. They were saying more than half of mall-based department stores are going to disappear within two years. That was a trend that they thought was going to happen anyway, but, you know, over many more years. Yeah, and I've been wondering, too, with the bankruptcies that we've seen in the last few weeks, J. Crew, uh, J.C. Penney, Neiman, uh, and others have filed, too, including stage stores. Every one of them, the COVID-19 crisis has played, you know, a leading role in their filing. But for anybody that's been watching those companies, they had serious financial issues anyway, and a very good chance of filing for bankruptcy, you know, in the next year or two, as it was. I mean, this crisis is so, I mean, it's just landing squarely on the door of retail. I'm wondering at one point, as stores are starting to open up right now, but they've been closed for two months, it's kind of, it's impossible to predict demand. And chances are it could be depressed for a long time. Analysts at different firms are, I've, I've seen, have projected that retail sales might not reach their 2019 levels until 2022. So you could have depressed sales for years, potentially, and possibly more surges of COVID cases, forcing more closures down the road. At some point, I think we're going to see just bankruptcies that are actually just because of this crisis. I mean, maybe there are issues before with those companies, maybe they weren't on an upward trajectory in their sales, but not in distress by any means. But now here they are struggling to run their business and struggling to come up with enough cash to run their operations because their sales and their revenue have been so hurt by, by this crisis and, and the economic crisis that, that kind of comes with it. So, and that kind of goes to sort of frame of mind and condition of pocketbook of the consumer from here on out. And it kind of, you know, we think of J. Crew as an apparel retailer, and obviously they are, but in a really re- real way, department stores are essentially apparel retailers too. Apparel growth was already down before the pandemic, and now people don't have, they don't need outfits for work, they don't need outfits for this year graduation or prom, sadly. There are no special events to go to. So I have a feeling people are looking in their closets and realizing they've got plenty already for for the kind of dressing they need to do. Add to that. I've been wearing basketball shorts pretty much every day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and there's also um, there's also just some really practical inhibiting factors right now are you going to when stores open up are you going to use fitting rooms are you going to want to touch tags that other people have touched you know do you need store staff to bring out items but then are you trying it on it's i think there are so many financial practical factors that are going to just further dampen demand for apparel and that's what a lot of retail sells and yeah, and, and as you know well, I, I mean, the apparel selling business was tough. I mean, it was tough in 2019 yeah. 
before anybody had ever heard of COVID-19. And this specific crisis, you know, a pandemic that spreads through contact and, and surfaces, uh, potentially, it is, I mean, it, it hits retail and, and directly. So I wonder on the upside, what might emerge to help retail? Are we going to go back to wanting to own, you know, a really good coat that it might be an investment that you wear for 20 years? That's how people used to buy apparel and dress. It, some items were very expensive, but it was just almost like buying a, a home, something that you would have for a while. I wonder what happens to fast fashion after this. You know, their whole business was based on churn. And it doesn't seem like anyone's in the mood for that. Yeah, well, and, I mean, stores are doing everything they can to try and make people you know, feel safe coming. Um, you know, there's, they're talking about limiting traffic, everyone wearing, you know, employees wearing face masks. And in a lot of places you have to wear a face mask yeah. to, to go out. Um, but with all of the precautions and, you know, the, the lingering weariness, I, I mean, who who's going to go shopping for fun right now? I mean, some people will, I'm sure, and just to get out of the house, but I can't imagine shopping for clothes being like a, a recreational event in the same way that it was before. Especially since I think part of that trip involved maybe eating out for lunch or something, yeah. and that's also really going to have to change. I'm not sure that, you know, here in Portland, Maine, um, they're closing off a bunch of streets for the summer so that restaurants can sort of set up chairs and tables to dine at. They just have more space. They're going to let them take over the entire street. That's not really, you know, think of a food court at a mall. I mean, it's it's really designed to jam people in. I guess you could clear out some tables, but it's we're in a very experimental phase, and I don't think anybody knows which answers are going to work and and which aren't yeah and we don't know when when the crisis will end we don't know when the pandemic will settle and we don't know if people will even once it's possible or even if you feel safe going back to the way you used to do things whether it's like going into an office or going shopping or you know the ways that you spend your money if people automatically return to, to what you did before. I can see maybe wanting some new clothes, but I, I have a feeling that if freedom ever comes, it's going to, people are going to, you know, get back on a plane and go somewhere and spend time with people that they weren't able to do before. It's, I think it's might be even less about accumulation than it was before. Yeah. All right, and that's all the time we have today. Thanks for listening, and be sure to rate, subscribe, and like our show wherever you get your podcasts. 